Hi, folks. This is Voss here from the com. The com. Hey, we're coming here with another great podcast. We certainly appreciate you guys tuning in. We've got a most excellent podcast today that's going to blow your mind. So uh, we appreciate you guys tuning in. Be sure you give us a like, subscribe to us on YouTube, hit that bell notification button so you get all the notifications of all the cool things and people we're interviewing on the Chris Voss Show. We're going to be doing a lot of cool things to the show here in Las Vegas next week. We're going to interview a lot of CEOs there as well. Also, be sure to tell your friends, neighbors, relatives to subscribe to the show. It is on Spotify, iHeartRadio. It's syndicated on Google Play. Uh, iTunes and a whole mess of other platforms. You can get the Chris Voss show on anything. And you can also see all seven of our podcasts on the Chris Voss podcast network. It's Chris Voss podcast network.com. So we appreciate you guys sharing the show and doing all that stuff today. We have a most excellent, interesting guest. I think you're going to love him. It's Michael Reddick of the EACL. And that stands for, the, uh, let me see if I can pull this up here. Michael, I'll just let you tell us what it stands for. Absolutely. It stands for Esports Amateur Competitors League. And Esports Amateur Competitive League. I'm just waiting for this to be in the Olympics. So uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, Michael, how you got into this and your background. Absolutely, man. I really appreciate you having me on, Chris. Um, you know, this came through with uh, my daughter. This was a college project for my daughter, and uh, we wanted to figure out a um, uh, uh, some type of business for me and her to do together. And uh, she's a, at the time, she was a 15 year old college student. She didn't go to high school. She's an applied mathematics major with a concentration in quantitative finance. And so we came up with, as a professional athlete, we were talking about competition. And I was telling her, you know, it, it would be cool for everybody to be able to experience what it's like to compete um, with the pressure of like, you know, having a chance of winning a big prize. And we wanted to figure out how could we accommodate the everyday gamer? How could we make it where, because right now, you know, if you go on and you play on these sites, man, these guys are like the best. Like they, you may think you're good, man, but when you get on those sites, those guys will hand you your lunch. <laughs> you have to go back and rethink your values, right? So, <laughs> so what we, the thought was, how do you make it where the everyday guy who doesn't have time to spend 12 hours practicing, but you like to compete? You're, you're playing all the time for a high score anyway, right? So you obviously like to compete. And so the idea was, how do we create a league that had enough um, competition and we can actually judge the competition by your skill level and create tournaments that you will be able to compete against people at your skill level? Right? That makes it fun, right? You go out there, you go to a basketball court. I always tell people, you go to a basketball court, you got 10 guys that can't dribble, right? But if you get out there, they're having a great time and they really want to win, right? No matter how much they travel, double dribble, foul, it's still, I mean, they will be pissed off if they don't win, right? So that was the ideal is like, look, let's bring down the competition so that everybody can enjoy it. It's video games, like girls, guys, grandmothers, grandpa, you know, everybody can play video games. And I'm a competition junkie, right? So yeah. I love the adrenaline of playing, right? You know, now I have to play old man basketball. I never thought I'd have to do that. But when I got out there with them kids one day, my all my muscles, everything for the next two weeks were completely <laughs> sore. And this was just a three-on-three half-court game. I can't imagine trying to run full court at this point. Oh, the game is LeBron. Oh, my goodness. And, and listen, I was a quick guy, right? I, I actually was a professional athlete. I had signed with the Raiders and played uh, in Canada for a little bit. But I ran fast. I was like a low 4-3-40 guy, right? 
man, I got out there and I, I these kids were so fast. I, I don't know what happened to my speed and quickness, though, but I understand now. And, and that's along the lines of what I'm saying. It's just like the seniors for the PGA golf. They're still very skilled athletes, but they can't compete with those younger guys. Right. But you yeah. an enjoyable thing. That's our, our concept. Let's give the everyday guy a chance to have a, a league that they can play in and they can get competitive and they can actually win some you know, prize money as well. That's awesome, man. You know, uh, I I got into gaming late uh, in my life. I was busy building businesses and doing stuff. And then, um, I don't know, I got bored. I go through these cycles about every five to ten years where I get I go do something new. And, you know, we review a lot of products, our gaming products in the Chris Foss Show. We all have like great relationships with gaming companies, HyperX, Kingston. Um, and so, I'm, you know, I'm kind of in the gaming world enough to be whatever i don't know um we even have gaming podcasts now and so we still review a lot of games like we recently reviewed metro exodus uh division two they wouldn't give me but we're playing division two today um and uh you know we we have a lot of people that are game game developers on the gaming podcast i'm plugging the gaming podcast can you tell uh and uh uh and and so uh but when I got into gaming about three, four years ago, really hardcore, bought consoles, all that stuff, and just really started being like, I'm, I will master this stuff. I really realized very quickly on that I, I'm too old to have those flippy little fingers and the, and the perfect eyesight. You know, I'm at the point now where every time I want to read my phone, I'm like, what's that say? Like, I went to an event recently and they're like, Hey, can you read me the confirmation code? And I had to show the girl the email. I'm like, can you see what that number is? Right. I have my driving contact lenses in. So uh, definitely, but you know, uh, everyone in my clan is like young. Cause I get the, I get those young people in there and they're like, we'll carry you through the raid, Chris. And I'm like, Oh, cool. Thanks for helping you old man. And I've been having tennis elbow lately from my gaming. Yeah, right. my nephew every now and then he says to me, he goes, he goes, Chris, I understand why you, why you just don't play better, man. And I'm like, son, you got like, you got like them teenage eyes, man. Those things right. are regenerating, man. And and I got like old bones and body parts and stuff falling off, and the eyes don't, the brain doesn't work anymore. So it sounds like you guys kind of have like a way where. Even like someone like me can compete with some sort of handicap or something. Absolutely, man. And that, uh, thanks for bringing that up. Because handicap probably doesn't describe my game. That's absolutely what it is. Because, uh, here's how we do. We actually take it to where if you're going to play against someone that's better than you, we actually give you points to show that you're playing against a higher skill level guy. We mm-hmm. rate everybody from skill one to ten. So in ours, it's a league and not just a tournament site, right? So you can actually lose all your rounds, but you're playing someone better than you and still have enough points to advance to the oh. rounds. Well, that's awesome. I yeah, like that. Yes. Now, we also took uh, the concept from DraftKings. Like, we took a million dollars, and then we broke wow. it up to a thousand micro tournaments. Right? Oh, wow. As a casual player, you like you always see people saying it's an amateur tournament, but it's like, basketball if you put up a fifty thousand dollar prize you're going to get everybody that went to the final four that didn't go pro right so you, us street guys really don't have a chance right <laughs> i need some lunch money i showed up that's right that's right you see these guys in video games right you see, like oh, a ten thousand dollar amateur only tournament like you mean anybody who didn't sign the professional contract 
it's like so what we wanted to do is have a lot of tournaments so that mm-hmm. the everyday gamer can understand that look no no we have a lot of tournaments so it's not like it's only going to be eight guys winning every time or you always going to run into that um when we actually get to our advanced rounds in our first um we have a, a first two weeks like round robin it's a 30-day tournament each month the first mm-hmm. two weeks is like round robin so that we can do a skill assessment and figure out where you're at each month right and then it goes into a 16-person single elimination tournament now, again, every round you play, you get points, right? So even if you got put out in the very first round of the single elimination, our second, our advanced six, bracket of 16 are only for skill level people, right? So we're only going to make a tournament with skill level one people. Mm. So if, I got, if I'm creating a tournament of skill level one, they're not always going to win. So we go through the system actually goes through and find all skill level one people and find them by points, and the top, you know, 16 people on each bracket or 15 people on each bracket point wise will get placed in these advanced rounds. Mm-hmm. So that's why we made it more like a league than just a tournament site. Because it's probably a great community, too. I mean, you can one thing I've really gotten out of gaming is I've gotten tons of great friends, at least online in the gaming community. Um, people that will help me. I've helped them. Um uh, there's there's just a lot of community that comes out of it, making these friends, and and I've had some great friendships come out of it. You know what? That's what we're trying to capitalize on. It's just mm-hmm. the everyday clans that are out and they're competing and stuff. You know, uh, and again, you know, those clans are created so that those who don't have the best skills can find a niche. Yep. We all have like a group that we hang out with. One of our buddies is ready to go pro. He comes down, he plays with us, laughs at us and moves on. Right. But the real competitive one is when you play your buddy whose high score is about the same. You want to beat his ass. Oh, excuse me. I'm not. You want to beat him every time. <laughs> you can use whatever language you want. The, uh, you know, the, I, that's where I found my true power. My true power is in building communities and running and managing stuff. So with uh, Destiny and Bungie, I built 16 clans across PC and Xbox and PS4. And so I'm good at running the clans. I'm good at being a, I, I try and be good as a good judge. Um, and so what's kind of nice is I can, I can build a community and foment the, the community part of it. And then hopefully they carry the, the clan leader around. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of figured out my little my little niche in the world, but but no, it's good. I'll give you an example, uh, and I don't really. I'll give the audience an example um, of how this community works. Today, uh, like three or four days a week ago, we bought Division Two, and I started playing it, and I've been kind of just kind of going through it, kind of taking my time, but just kind of going through it, learning it, and today. Me and my buddy, we got stuck on a level that we should have like two more people. And it's just two of us. We're just getting killed. We're not even fully up to par yet and stuff. And so I'm going online, looking through my PS4 stuff, and I'm like inviting anybody. And so one of the guys comes on and he goes, hey, Chris. And I go, yeah, man, what's up, dude? And he goes, hey, what's going on? I go, hey, man, we're jammed up here, man. Can you just give us five minutes, 10 minutes, help us through this mission? We bit off more than we can chew. And he goes, hey, he goes, hey, man, I remember you from Destiny 1, like, four years ago. You helped me through a raid. You taught me how to raid and stuff. He goes, I'll definitely help you, man. He goes, he pulls another guy. He goes, hey, this is Chris Voss. He helped teach us the first raid. And I was just, like, blown away by the community of that. This guy remembered, like, three, four years ago. 
And I helped him through a raid, and he came through in a moment I needed to. And, you know, it's much more than gaming. Like when parents hear, you know, like, kids gaming, you know, there's a lot of stuff you learned about community, social, uh, a lot of great skills in that. And and that's what I normally see in these e-gaming environments. It's not just about the competition, although that's fun. Um there's a camaraderie. There's a, there's a, you know, I've always been amazed at the gaming community, how you can just have a stranger who will help you because you're a gamer, they're a gamer, and we're going to get through this mission together. And it's just really great. That's right. You know, and that's, you're absolutely right. I, I tell parents this all the time. Like, you know, some kids are introverts. Not everybody's out there. And gaming has been able to pull that out of people. Yeah. And they're talking to people and, you know, they're all going for a, a common goal and they have the same, they have this like interest in, and they get that satisfaction when they help each other over that, that hump. Right. Yeah. And that's a part of what we're talking about, man. It, it is. And that's why we wanted to create a league kind of like, you know, like the old, the bowling leagues, right. You have guys that are, you know, good and bad and stuff and they have handicaps, but everybody enjoys herself. Right. And that's what we want to do with gaming is create that ecosystem. I mean, our system will interject roughly about 1.2 million tournaments every month to the ecosystem, 12,000 paying tournaments. Um, you guys have, sorry, you guys have income opportunities for gamers, no cost fundraising for nonprofits, college scholarships, that's good. Uh, life-changing prizes like an Audi 5, I'll take that. Uh, experience that uh, helps gamers turn their hobbies and careers. And uh, they can go to theacl.com. Um, so this is pretty cool. I like this. And, and to me, I've been telling people for years, that it's just a matter of time till esports gaming is part of the Olympics. That's right. It is. You know, and that's funny because uh, one of my business partners used to be the CEO of the Rothschilds North America, right? That was just kind of like a quick name drop type of deal. Mr. Michael Woods there. <laughs> um, it's funny because... You know, when we're talking to him and stuff like that, he has people in the uh, Olympic committee, right? And he goes, man, he goes, Mike, I really want to do this esports thing because my buddies are saying that it's going to be in the Olympics soon. And he goes, and I said, well, that's our whole idea is we would like to be the AAU of video games. Yeah. We want to create that ecosystem that whereas, um, you know, you look at the um, international amateurs, that's what we look at EACL as being, is that body that you can come and choose from and prepare to go to the Olympics. Whether you're in college or high school or in the pros, you would have EACL to help you be prepared to move on to that level. And we were talking in the pre-show about how, about how earlier about how Twitch, you know, has gotten so huge and so amazing. And it's people watching other people play video games. And sometimes they do it to learn. Sometimes they do it just as a matter of, you know, that's these kids' TV at this age. YouTube and Twitch. Um, and that's how they learn. That's how they make connections. That's how they network. Uh, that's how they teamwork. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things. And you know, this being an athlete, there's a lot of great things you learn at being a good human being, uh, games, sportsmanship. Uh, you know, there's, there's so many great things that kids learn. And nowadays, you know, it's not so much that when you're a kid, you go out and you go learn, uh, some of the hardcore outdoor games, you're learning indoor games, you know, because you apparently go outside because it's dangerous out there. That's that. absolutely right. Too. You know, one of the things that most people don't uh, don't talk about or um, accentuate when they're talking about being competitive is goal setting 
and the ability to be rewarded from setting a goal. Like every day in life, you know, you'll say, hey, I want to get a down payment for a car. That may take a year or so, right? But like sports and competition, you can say, you know, I want to get to level two, right? In the next two weeks. And you can see where you're at and you get that satisfaction of, I set a goal, I did what it takes, I, you know, to get there and to make it to that point. And I always tell people, those are the things that when you transition, you've acquired traits that you have to understand and setting goals and being able to get that immediate satisfaction out of it. Like Chase, like you're saying, Hey, we got to get past this level that becomes, you know, just it all embodied in everything that you have to do to get past that level. And that's what we try to accentuate to parents is that, you know, there's a lot more than just, you know, them playing video games, you know, there's, they, they do learn traits that will be beneficial in life. It's just knowing how to tap into them. Leadership is big as well. I lead my clan uh, when we do raids or something like that. There's always a leader, guy who does the call-outs, who, who leads the team. You know, there's a lot of management traits that you learn in, in learning to work with different people at different skill levels. And, of course, sometimes, you know, their communication level is a little bit different. You've got to try and get, you know, a whole command team onto a thing. And these are all elements that you're going to use in business. They're, they're elements you're going to use in life. Um, and you know, I, I, a lot of parents, you know, they just, they see it from the old world of video games and stuff. So you guys do a lot of cool things. You guys uh, do some charity work stuff. People can get paid, uh, from, uh, playing with you guys. Um, there's a, a prize pot, uh, looks, looks like a prize pot of 2,500 bucks. Well, it, how it is is actually we have like a million dollar prize pool and we break that up into a thousand dollars. But okay. what happens is if 75 percent of our tournament seats get filled, we add an additional fifteen hundred to it. So we'll pay out the top eight instead of just a single the single. Wow. wow. See, again, that whole idea of having a lot of tournaments versus, you know, just one. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, if you're a casual gamer, you're not you know, you've already realized that your your skill level isn't up to par to be saying that you're going to get on a tournament platform, right? Yeah. We want those casual gamers to understand that you can come on because we're going to group you with guys that, if you got a 500 high score, we're going to group you with a guy that has no more than a thousand, like, right? We're not oh, going right. to group you with someone that has like a 2,500 or a 5,000 where you just have no chance of actually winning. Um, you're right. Those the, the part of this that my daughter, what we created was, um, this is a social enterprise, our goal was to become the number one social enterprise in the world by, uh, so the system is set up to manage 1.2 million uh, micro tournaments a month here in the United States. Wow. It could actually help 50,000 nonprofits raise up to $38,000 a year at no cost to them. All we ask them to do is promote it. No different than joining a basketball tournament. You know, you get to sit right at home and help out your nonprofits. We give fifty percent of our entry fees and our registration fees go to the nonprofit. So we, you know, we probably only have about five thousand. I know I'm saying only because we, the plan was uh, to be nationwide. Uh, we probably have just under five thousand nonprofits that we can help right now that we're associated with. Um, so in each one of them, they simply sign up for free. Um, we give them a URL and a back office so that they can track the gamers that are coming in and they can use their own URL for gamers to sign up. Um, and that's it. You know, we handle the rest. You know, we just want them to promote it. And we wanted to be able to give to those nonprofits that are given services, but they have a really hard time of raising money. And that was the idea behind how my daughter, this became a college project, was creating a social enterprise element of it. 
And you guys have you guys have a lot of games you guys take and feature these uh, thousands of, of micro games. You guys have uh, Dragon Balls, Fortnite, iRacing, uh, League of Legends, NBA 18, PUBG, um, which is pretty interesting. Uh, there's a lot of this Battle Royale stuff, Clash Royale. Uh, it's crazy how hot that sort of game mode has become. Uh, Madden 17, of course, I love Madden. Yes. Uh, Hearthstone. For us, Chris, it's all one-on-one stuff. We don't really do team stuff because we want we want to help people get their skills up. The whole mm-hmm. idea, like we can teach you and like be able to hone in and say, "Hey, a pro shoots thirty-two shots every five seconds. You're shooting ten, so you kind of know that you need to get up to twenty, anywhere between ten, twenty-two more shots to get where he's at, right?" Yeah. And you kind of can understand why this and what that does. It's like in baseball or football. You start to you don't get mad at each level that you can't make it at. You just appreciate, like, oh, I played varsity high school. You know, I didn't get a scholarship to move on and go play, but I still enjoy the game. It's the same thing with video games. It's like once you recognize where your ceiling is, you start to recognize and start to appreciate those guys that are pro in your title. Right. Yeah. So you're like, man, that guy just did a hell of a move. Right. And and that's the kind of thing that we want to bring to the ecosystem is that you can enjoy it at your skill level, but we can always appreciate. I, I don't want to compete with the varsity high school guys or the guys who are in college getting scholarships. We are there to help their teams raise money, not to be a competing league with them. Like I said, more like AAU, like, you know, where you would play summer ball at. You know, that's where we see ourselves at, more along the outside ecosystem than the organized high school, college and pro system. That's awesome, man. And, and there's so much people learn from from doing it uh, and watching other people play. Like I've I've oh I've gotten better watching YouTube, watching Twitch to see how people do different things, to see how people play raids, the variations they use, and the creativity sometimes that goes into gaming too, where people figure out. I mean, it, it's just amazing how gamers can go into a game. And they can figure out stuff. And even the developers are like, well, we never thought of using it that way. But uh, <laughs> they figure out how to do that raid a different way than what we designed. You know, I mean, I've got my cheating. You know, I got my scuff controller. That's about probably as good as the cheating gets. Uh, the, uh, you know, I, I'm an old man, man. I got I to gotta have every edge I can. But, you know, what's great is you work, you work with these people. You play with them. And you learn stuff from them because they're like, hey, man, don't don't do that game that way. Do it this way. And you're like, oh, well, geez, wow, I didn't just make, okay, now I'm a better player. Um, it's, so- funny, it's funny you say that. I was telling you earlier how the realization of people watching people play video games came to me. I was talking to a very uh, well-skilled athlete, and I was like, man, what do people get out of watching video games? Just like in 2011 or 12, 13, when uh, first came out. And he goes, well, what do you get out of watching football or basketball? Right. And you know, I was like, look, I learn. I, you know, I, I look at their moves. And he goes to me, he says, exactly. And he, again, I told you earlier, he had me stuck on that exactly. Like, what does that mean? <laughs> he goes, they watch our moves. They watch right. what we do to be to get past a level. 
And he goes, and so they learn. And so they, we get a whole community. And then we start figuring out together what can be done to get past, like you're saying. Now we start to figure out, hey, well, no, you need to do this to get past it. And it becomes a, a, a community effort of getting to that next level. And I really appreciated that when he told me, he's like, he's like, yeah, you know how you learn how to do a crossover? Because you saw someone do it first. And I was like, yeah, you're right. That's so cool. I was like, so now I use that all the time when I talk to adults who be saying, watching video games. I said, the same way you watch basketball and learn a crossover. <laughs> I have uh, the time. <laughs> the one reason I watch football is to realize that I never play in football. Because I'll see them hits and be like, no, no, it ain't no. No, I'll keep watching it, but I ain't playing that. If anybody besides Warren Sapp comes barreling at me, I ain't taking that hit. I'm running off the field like a little girl, like, yeah, <laughs> you run away. I'm not. You know, it's funny. Um, I did get to experience playing in the NFL and the CFL a little bit, you know, as a practice roster guy. And we, we were practicing against the Dallas Cowboys. And uh, I was out and I was doing a great job. And, man, I was cocky as all outdoors, man. And uh, I remember I stretched out and I got hit by Bill Bates. And I realized, like, yeah, you know what? I am playing pro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of college people, eh? They think they're the shit in college and they go pro and in the NFL and they're just like, wow, this is like a whole new level. It is. You know, I always tell people like in high school, you may have like three or four athletes on both sides of the ball at all times. Right. You know, just three or four in college. You'll have 11, five on this side, six on this side. But when you get to the pros, it is 22 athletes on that field. Please yeah. believe me when I tell you. It is 22 athletes on that field. And their reactions and how they do things is so much more advanced. People can't imagine. Everybody thinks that you can get there and just make it. But they're right. It is a, a greater skill level once you move up that people deny and not really understand how much of a jump it is. Oh, it's not it is. the same comparison. Like people compare going from high school to D1. No, it's not. Uh, you know, <laughs> it is not the same type of comparisons. I can guarantee you that. You know, so. and it's it, and the funny thing is, it's not even like the old days. Like like I was telling you before, I've been a Raider fan. You know, since back in the day with Ken Stabler, and uh, you know, I've watched the Holy Roller film about a million times. And and uh, and and back in those days, I mean, they they played to hurt you, man. They, they didn't. They weren't, there weren't any rules about roughing the passer. Yeah, we laugh all the time now. He's like, our concussion protocol was how many fingers I got up, get the smelling salt, get back in there. You know, it didn't matter. All of this cute stuff about sitting out of play. That didn't happen. We probably had three concussions a game. Oh yeah. I yeah, poor poor uh who's the Steelers, Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback, one for Super Bowl. Oh God. I forget his name right now. I love him. He's the greatest guy. But I mean, he's just, he's just like, he's like, we're not supposed to get concussions. We got those like every game. So, <laughs> I was like, we just thought that was the normal part of the game. And it was, that was any given Sunday. That's right. That's right. I remember uh, getting hit. I, we were, I played at UNLV and we were playing against Utah. And they may not have been the fastest guys, but those guys were very disciplined and they loved to hit. They didn't give a damn about their bodies, right? Yeah. And they, this guy hit me so hard one time, I started walking to the other huddle. And when I realized it, I looked up and I kind of started talking junk to him, like, yeah, like, like I meant to go over there to tell him, like, you know, you ain't doing nothing to me. You know? <laughs> so I started talking junk right away to get back to where I needed to be. But boy, I'll tell you, he hit me something vicious. Uh, so I do realize about getting hit and playing at those different levels. But the yeah. 
part about it is like falling off a horse. Are you willing to get back out there? Get back on and learn. That's and right. You got you to compete. And competition is a great thing for people to learn, too. The kids can learn with eSports and stuff. And what's nice is they hopefully won't get a concussion from eSports. <laughs> That's right. They won't get a concussion from eSports. <laughs> I have. Although, a, I don't know. I've been I've been known to want to hit myself in the head with my controller from time to time. But uh, yeah, I used to be banned from every arcade when I was young. So I was the guy who get banned because you know you put that quarter in and you don't get that extra man. That machine was going to catch it. I could tell you that right now. <laughs> I got to tell you, I've been through a lot of scuff controllers. This is like you know, the fifth or sixth one. There's been a lot of them that have gone through uh, the damage control, and they're like, "What'd you do to this thing?" I fell off the desk. <laughs> Look, I realized that video games that passed me up, my daughter, she was uh, the co-founder. She was about seven or eight years old. And uh, I used to work construction, uh, cable construction. I had a cable construction company. I would leave for like three weeks to, you know, four weeks. And, and there was this little video game we were playing together. And I used to like beat her and just like, you know, kind of be like, oh, you know, and keep it close for her. So I leave and I go away for about three weeks and I come back. And she goes, Daddy, you want to play? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. She says, she says no, go ahead and eat. And she said, set me up, wanted me to just be fine. Afterwards, right? And so I sit down. When I left her, let's say the high score of whatever this game was was like maybe 4,000. Uh-huh. When I left her, she was struggling to get to 1,000. You know, so I would kind of like try to teach her stuff and and when I came back, she was up to like 80,000. She just got out of control. That's why she was like, no, go ahead and eat. You know, <laughs> once I crashed, it was all over. I never got to control her back. Oh, and you could see this little smile on her face. Like, yeah, you thought you, <laughs> see, I couldn't believe in three weeks how, just how much she practiced to just kill daddy. She, she did not take kind that I was beating her even that little bit. And then three weeks, man, she just handed me my lunch like nobody's business. And these kids, man, they learn to master stuff nowadays. Like, they're really good at assimilating stuff. Yes. I'm an old joystick guy, so it's hard. You know, I had to learn, you know, when Tekken started coming out and all that, you know, you start being able to do all the different moves and things like that. But, you know, it's old joystick guys, man. We had to learn to, you know, use all those different buttons and make those moves. So, you know, (laughs) that's natural for them because they just come up and they just do that, right? You know, Asteroids, centipede, Pac-Man, these are all joystick type things with one button, man. So nowadays you got 15 buttons, 22 moves to do it. Oh, yeah, man. Well, we, we've got gaming mouse mice that have been sent to us that have 20 buttons on the side. I'm like, there's not enough room on that mouse for 20 buttons. And and who, who can remember where all the – but they got the crazy flipping fingers, man. They got them young brains, young – young tendons and stuff. Me, I'm like, my elbow hurts. Uh. You know what's funny, though? When you hear them tell each other how to do a move and they talk and they say it like uh, like a professional dance instructor, mm-hmm. like professional dance people, they'll say, okay, this is what I want you to do. And if you don't get it, you're not a professional, right? Yeah. They go over it twice for you. It's the same when you hear these kids talking about what move to do. They'll say, yeah, just do A, A, B, D, C, back, and back to X. You'd be like, looking like... And like which like, one's A? It's kind of like when mom calls me for tech help on a computer, and and I go, mom, okay, let's so let's start by hitting the power button. She's like, which one's the power button? And I'm like, oh god, this is gonna be a long day. She's great. <laughs> um, but no, so people can uh, they can sign up on your guys' website for free. Yeah. Um, there's power rankings, match skill levels, um, 
And so it gives everybody a chance. They can move the food chain to more exclusive tournaments and they can climb up the ladder as they, as you will. You guys got Overwatch too. There you go. Overwatch is really popular. Yes, you know, right now for this 2019, everybody can come on right now for free. We want to get their skill level. All right. We're going to start our inaugural season in the United States in 2020, but we'll still have some like super great prizes that we're going to give away in 2019. Right. Mm-hmm. Everybody can come in and sign up for free right now because we would, we want to get your skill level so that we can show you that this is why this is fun. Right. Because, if we get you on there, the more you play, the more we can say, okay, this is why you're a skill level one or two. And the prizes get bigger as your skills go up. So, you know, we have more for a skill level one prizes for them to compete for, but the size of the prize gets better as your skills go up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's kind of like, I don't know. I don't have a joke for that. Um, so they can sign up. They can create an account on your guys' thing. Uh, is there a community that's part of it online? Like, do you guys have chat rooms or discussion areas or anything like that? The community part of it, yeah, because it's so, it took like, man, listen, Chris, when I first got started, I think I had seventy-five dollars to $100,000. I went to a coder and I said, this is what I want to do. Can you have this done in 30 days? Well, about $800,000 or $900,000 later and two years later, uh, my I finally got what I thought I was going to get in 30 days for 100000 So <laughs> all of the nuances of rankings and, and grouping people into tournaments that are their skill level took much longer than I thought. I thought when I saw, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger on TV that computers can just, you know, drop down, talk, make your food, the whole nine. Um, but I didn't realize you had to code it for all that to happen. So I'm coding it so that we can say these things that we're saying. Right. And it's it's prepared for international play. Like we'll be in uh, eight or nine different regions. So actually you could be a skill level one guy win and move on to go play internationally against other skill level one people. So, yes, it is. That's what we say. It's like we have the only league where you officially don't have to be the best at that title and you can still compete internationally. Awesome. Can I, uh, uh, when the kids, when the, when the little, what we we call little squeakers, when little squeakers are like, Chris, I beat you. I'm like, guys, I'm dating your mom. I'm going to end up giving you a sister. <laughs> That's okay. You beat me, kid, at the game. I'm going to date your mom and give you a sister. What do you think of that? You like that? <laughs> You'll have babysitting duties for the next 18 years. And I should be charging for our clans because we had, like, uh, with Destiny and Bungie, you can only have 100 people per clan. And so we built 16 clans uh, with, with all these people across PC, Xbox, and PS4. And, uh, you know, I, I, I like playing with what we call squeakers, the young kids, because those kids can read you through a raid. You go into battle with those kids and they can carry you through the most epic war. And but, you know, sometimes they're a little there's a little, you know, there's, they're called squeakers for a reason because they got the squeaky voices and they fight a lot like rat, like little mice. Sure. Um and they're always like, you know, talking about each other's mama. And you're just like, you don't even know what you're talking about. But, uh, hey, wait, and how offensive they get? Like, they'll say so about it. You've never even seen it, right? Yeah, it's like, like you and puberty, you don't even know what you're talking about. So right. You do with someone's mama. You, you shut up. But, uh, you know, I mean, whatever. They're, they're competitive, they're good kids. But, uh, and, and, you know, what? 
that's another thing about gaming. The reason why we do one-on-one is you really do need to get your skill set together because some of these teams, man, they will uh, let you understand that you are the the, uh, the broken chain in their whole system, and they are vicious. I've I've been on there and I've been listening to a nice said to say, "How old are these kids? Like thirteen? Did he did he he cuss you out better than I can? I'm fifty years oh, old, yeah, man. Evidently. So I was was like, you know, this is why we want to kind of help develop it so that you can have some confidence of your skills before you join one of those teams because they are very serious about it. And there's nothing on the line for it, right? Other than a win, right? It's not like money or anything on the line. But man, it is a vicious way to go out there. That gaming world, man, they say some of the craziest things. Oh, the, the, especially the kids, man. When they get older, they're they're a little bit more respectful. But those kids, man, they go out. And then one of the rules in our clan, when we're on the party chats, on you know, on the Discord and stuff, is there, there's no singing. I don't know what it is with squeakers, but they like to sing. Right. I'll speak their Celine Dion. I'm like, unless you're Celine Dion, there's no singing. Right. And, and they'll be like, why can't we sing, Chris? I'm like, because you're squeakers. You don't. You just don't squeak. You're good people, but no, there's no singing. Chris Voss is around. Like, okay, Chris. Um, but uh, they're they're pretty funny. That every now and then I'll I'll get after him and be like, be like, hey, 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 hey. You don't have to say everything that comes to your stream of consciousness through your mouth. You can just kind of think about stuff without saying it out loud. And you know, children were meant to be seen and not heard. And they'll be like, they'll be like, uh, I'm like, didn't your parents ever tell you that? And they go, no. And I'm like, that's why your generation is a failure. Oh no. I'm just kidding. <laughs> You know, it's funny the different cultures of gaming because gaming is a worldwide deal, right? How serious, like if you go to South Korea, they take pride that the, I don't want to say the lowest level, I don't want to call them sorry, but the lowest level skilled guy can probably beat some of the pros over here. He just, uh, they don't have enough room for the pros. Like they'll say it all the time. They'll say, yeah, when you get over here, Mike, you know, your guys are going to love it because we could teach you. We could teach the Americans a lot. They are so serious. There's no smiling or anything. Gaming is as serious as going to work. And it's funny because like, again, we're like in Indonesia. Um, we'll be opening up there in June. And just the level of seriousness that, like here, it's something we do. And, you know, you have a few people that are going to reach that level. But, you know, everybody else can, can like, work it into life. Over there, it is life, right? Mm-hmm. It, it is absolute. Like, and they want to master it. So, and it's really cool to see them, you know, their whole ecosystem and how they take gaming. And they are really serious about it. And I played with gamers like all over the world. I keep kind of weird hours because I'm single and, you know, I have businesses and we have clients all over the world. And so I keep weird hours. And so I game with, I'm gaming with kids in Dubai who are, who are Muslim. I've, I've, I've played with kids in India. Uh, in fact, we've got a few great India players in our clans. Those guys can really game well. Yeah. Um, and uh, I play I play with people all over the world. I mean, just before I got on with you, we were playing the division with one of my friends in Britain, and it's just it's so amazing how much it becomes on, on a world uh, of gaming where you literally feel like you're on the couch with everybody, and you get to know people, and you kind of get to know a little bit about their lives and and stuff. But there's this camaraderie that's there. I remember years ago I was gaming with some young kids in Dubai. And and they're um, and they were Muslim Arabic uh, and uh, there had been a terrorist attack. It was you know so I think it was ISIS. It was some ISIS crap, 
And I remember they came on and they go, you know, Chris, we want to tell you, we love America. We we're, we're Arabs, we're Islamic, but, but we love America and we think you guys are the greatest and we hate these Islam people and, or, or not Islam, ISIS, excuse me, the ISIS people. And, and they want, you know, and they were just, the warmest and it just makes the world a smaller place where you learn about other cultures, learn about other people. So I, I took some time here to pound out, join the website at the EACL.com. Uh, you can find me under Chris Voss one on the, on this site there. And uh, yeah, it looks pretty cool. You get signed up. You're now part of the EACL community and uh, you're going to be running uh, tournaments. You're going to be part of the turn. Uh, and this is why my eyes are bad. <laughs> Here on the website, uh, there you go. Yeah. Bold on my phone, all my letters are bold. Oh, David, it's like I, I have to put my phone like five feet away from me when I read it. And uh, and uh, you know, my a couple years ago, my doctor gave me the the news. They're like, you just need bifocal contacts, Chris. And I'm like, I need trifocal contacts. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> When you talk about gaming and and how it really does bring the world as a smaller place, man, you do get to you get to talk to people and mm-hmm. the same drive that you have, they have, and then you start sharing experiences, right? Uh, and and it really does um, this whole gaming community really does take you into a whole bunch of different cultures, and now you want to be a part of it, right? Yeah. As you're dealing with someone, he's a great teammate, and you know you hear about things, and and you miss them when they don't. When they miss something, you're like, "Man, what happened?" Like just like they're your work uh, 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 comrades at work or something, right? You're like, "Oh man, I didn't see you last Saturday, or you've been gone for the last couple weekends," and you get caught up, man. So you're absolutely right about how it does make the world a smaller place because you now are talking to people in Russia and Japan and Korea and Indonesia. It's like. It is it is super cool because like for me I I do keep the same weird hours because in Indonesia the business day is night for us so yeah. it, to, for them to download to me is usually probably about three o'clock between one o'clock in the morning and three o'clock right it's like five o'clock there that's the end of their business day so I get that late night download and dealing with coders. Codis, for some reason, have a thing against Sun. I don't know if they're like the next vampire set or something. Yeah, they're just that way. Like they can only work from like 11 to 5 in the morning. You know, so they'll send me all these emails and I'm like, man, wait, do you understand? It's like 4.30. You just now send me the this afternoon. So, yeah, I do get to keep the crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. So, so people check it out. Everywhere I go now, the younger generation recognizes esports, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so cool. It looks like it looks like it's from some type of league that they've seen, right? So I'm always looking at people, and they're always looking at my logo, EACL. As soon as I say esports, anybody 35 and under automatically understands. Like, you know, it's cool. And you know what's funny is my nephew, he's a really great player on a couple games, and he's got them, you know, he's a teenager. He's got them whipping little fingers and perfect eyes and perfect tendons and muscles. And, uh, and so he can sit there, you know, and run circles around me with a controller. And, uh, uh, he, uh, is graduating high school and, and he just told me that his local college, I'm not sure what type of college it is, but they actually have courses now for esports. I don't know how that works, but, uh, you know, the colleges now are coming around to realize that there are careers these people can have. There's, if you've ever looked at an esports team, I mean, there's there's people that are kind of starting to approach a sort of uh, 
pro level of income that these okay. guys can take and make playing video games and signing contracts now you know you probably yeah. have about you know a good thousand people that's under contract right now you know and they're, they're, these contracts are at least 60 to a quarter of a million dollars for a wow. year and they you know but there's their uh, program you know you got to be ready it's like any other pro thing man these guys are practicing 10 or 12 hours you know it's like anything else being pro i i, I remember you know when uh I first started doing this like in 2013, 14, the pushback from parents, right? Oh, I want my kids to get out. And I said, let me tell you something. In order for a kid to be able to have his fingers and stuff moving at the rate these kids doing for 30 minutes or 40, they have to be in some kind of shape. Yeah. I always tell these kids, man, go out, practice just like you're a professional athlete, exercise, eat right, because you're going to ask your fingers and your arms to be doing things for a long period of time at a high level, right? Yeah. I always tell them, they go ahead and exercise just like a professional athlete so that you can get all that you want from your muscles. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I've been for two months now, I've been having some bad uh, 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 tennis elbow in my left arm. And I, I and I guess what I've been understanding is it's from my wrist and my palm and stuff. So I've been massaging the palm and my wrist and, and of course, trying to not gain quite as much. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, it's, it's still a physical sport. I mean... You know, sitting, focusing, you know, your brain's, you know, whipping around, watching, you know, you know, and it's strategic too. There's a strategy to gaming and you've got to beat the other person a lot of times in strategy or, or if it's just a, a player versus enemy, you've got to figure out how to beat the AI. And uh, uh, there's a lot that goes into it. And yeah, I think, I think more and more it'll probably, they, we probably may come to a day in the future where when you go to the Olympics, it's all esports, and then there's like a running thing and people are like, people still do that. Right, right, exactly. But I always tell them, you know, it's like uh, being a professional driver. I mean, yeah. they, you, you, they don't do all the physical things that other athletes do, but man, to be able to get in four or 500 laps, right, you got to be in some kind of shape and you got you to stay alert. I mean, it's not like you're just driving. I mean, you can fall asleep. Hell, I fall asleep driving in tra L.A. traffic, so I can't imagine doing 500 laps, right? Because so, you're in L.A. traffic for five yeah. hours at a time. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I did that. I lived in L.A. for three years recently, and, and I went, no, nah, man. In fact, when I came back from uh, L.A. to Vegas, I remember I, anytime I wanted to go anywhere, I'd be like, what time of day is it? What's the 110 doing? I'm like, Wait, I, I live in Vegas. I can go anywhere anytime I want. <laughs> and Vegas is now getting all these new freeways themselves. So even when I go out there, it's all it's big now. Oh me. man, we we build and expand freeways. Like I've been on and off here since nineteen ninety eight. It's just like we're always building like new freeways. I don't even know where we well, we get the money from the casinos. So there's that. Right. Yeah, yeah. The whole east side now is was just barely something, and now Henderson is a whole new world from when I was out there. You know, oh, it's crazy. Man. We saw the plans of what was going to happen, and now the reality is happening. And it's so cool when you go out there what it looks like now. They always are reinventing themselves. It is a super cool place to go down because there's always something new that you can check out when you go and down. What's funny is people still think that everyone in Vegas lives in the hotels on the Strip. <laughs> like they still think that. Like You're like, didn't you see the subdivisions? When you, we have like normal subdivisions. Like, half the time, I don't even remember that I live in Las Vegas. I'll come out my door and be like, Hey, there's uh, yeah, it's Vegas. That's I live right. in Vegas. I should go yeah. down there and party. You know, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, you know, they're starting to support um, esports really big in Vegas as well. 
And you know, like, HyperX you know. has got a thing at uh, HyperX has got a new esports thing at uh, oh, the Pyramid Place. Uh, Is that it? Yeah. Yes. I know the actual the uh, um, esports arena. They started out here in Santa Ana County, mm. so they're the same ones that helped uh, put that together out there in the lecture. So it's cool to see the growth, right? Uh, yeah. When everybody said like that was like one of the only first arenas in America, right? The first esports arena in America. So we're I'm out here by a lot of history. I'm out here by Blizzard and you know all these guys. So man, you know it's kind of cool being out here and Riot and and all those guys, man, and just seeing where how these companies are just kids that came up with ideas and things. And now they've got like multi-billion dollar entities, man. Just yeah. like Fortnite, like over in a year, it becomes a billion oh, dollars. It's just crazy huge. I mean, Fortnite's now having their own like Super Bowl sort of thing going on. Yeah. Yes, man. And it's crazy. It's just, just insane. I love it because, you know, a lot of the parents are now hearing about it, but they're like, uh, they're still trying to break into it. And I'm trying to tell them, you know what, football, it took like 50 to 60 years for it to become the popularity of, of what you see today. Esports is still like maybe eight, nine years old. Oh, yeah. Being a structured entity of esports. We know competitive gaming has been around for about 25 years, right? We, we, we have our little deal going, but the industry called esports is only like seven or eight years old. So you can imagine that you still have another 50 years or 42 years where generations are now. Now you as a father, you now you're going to be telling your grandkids, Oh man, I used to play this game. So that still hasn't happened yet, right? For football, you know, we like a certain team because either our grandfather liked it or, you know, we like a college because our fathers loved that college and we remember watching it with them. That's still that next level of generation building still has to come in esports and it's already like has like hundreds of millions of fans already. And it's just like the thought of where it can go is so when you talk to numbers in business, everybody thinks that you're like, you know, anytime in business, you're a visionary. Your numbers are aggressive. Right. Until they actually see like the new zoo reports and all of the, the things. Then they was thinking, well, no, that might be able to happen there. You know? Well, the crazy thing is, too, is the. Um, Regentrification. I'm not sure if that's the right word for it, but you're seeing these these people now that grew up with PS4 or I'm sorry, PS3s, um, and you know the old games, and they're remastering these games now, so you can play them again. Uh, Nintendo just came out with you know the remake consoles from back in the day. Uh, I think a friend of mine posted the other day that he bought the new Commodore 64, and it, you know it still looks like the old Commodore 64 that I had. And uh, and they're remastering the games so they can retread them. And what happens is these kids grow up, they play these games, they grow up, but they still remember those games. So they remaster them, they reissue them, they can still play and compete in those games. And and what's even better is is it's the same like everything else. Now these p- parents can really afford to buy these games and pay for the remasters and really fund them and and they just the 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 life of them just keeps running going, you know. And and, playing field when they remaster something, you'd be like, now let's see, let's see, come on up here now, Junior. You know, now we can, you know, you may have me in the new titles. Let me show you how to play Zelda. That's right. That's right. Now we're gonna be even, baby. Come on, come back home. You have a whole case of. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now let's play big dog. I think I think I'm probably a pro a pro player at the level of Pong. 
I think I'm probably a pro player, Paul. Right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll be like, I'll be, you get off that Fortnite, you come here and beat me a Pong kid, and then you'll have something to say. That's right. That's right. And listen, I remember when it was Atari, right? When Atari came out, when it was only like a few people on the block. It Atari, right? So everybody would be at their house, and we yeah, were, we were that, that family that had Atari. So my mom had to set us up in the garage because it was a family house, right? You know, you have to have a bunch of Kool Aid and chips because you got like thirty kids there, and you know, waiting to play on this one game you have. And you only had combat. You know how slow combat was. <laughs> Couldn't get too many tapes, but the fact that you got the game was good enough. <laughs> and it, it's it, and so I what I see is with esports, it's going to go on forever. I mean, it's like. And and these kids even love the new remaster stuff, and they master that as well. It's kind of like, you know, like one of my favorite bands is Rush, and so a lot of people grew up with Rush, like I did, from being a kid, and they love it. And then they introduce their kids to it, and then their kids love it. And like even my nephew, I, I game with him a lot online. It's kind of funny. He'll like sing '80s songs. Yes. Yes. And like one of his favorite songs to sing is Queen's uh, We Are the Champions or something. Yeah. And sometimes he'll sing Bohemian Rhapsody, I think. Uh, he, there's a couple of songs he, he sings. Oh, he, he sings Queen's uh, Another One Bites the Dust. I'll be like, dun, dun, dun. And I'll be like, hey, man, like, I do you realize that I was your age when that song came out? But there's and, no perfect song to <laughs> it in someone's face. And another one bites the dust. I, I mean, it's hard to pick one. It's, yeah. it's so he's like singing that, and I'm just like, mm, yeah, uh, you're right, man. When you're feeling yourself, that another one bites the dust. Follow yeah. the art of champions. You just can't do nothing about that, right there. And so I see e gaming having that longevity where it's got the generational sort of thing, and and it gentrifies as, as things go around, and and it just cycles. And even I like old game. Like one of my favorite old games back in the day was Red Alert, and there was a certain version of Red Alert that I liked. And a lot of people are like that. They like a certain version of the game. You know, they're like they're kind of like Metallica fans with the you know, well, I like Metallica up until the Black Album, and then after the Black Album, it went to hell. And you're like, Led Zeppelin too. They have that. Yeah. I loved Halo 1 and 2 when Bungie did it, when the 3 did it, you know, Microsoft ruined it, and uh, Bungie had it, you know, you know all that stuff. So it's, right. I, it's like I have an old car, I have, an old, I have a 64 Thunderbird, but uh, I get the car because I like it, not because I'm a mechanic, right? But every time I pull up, these guys are saying, man, yeah, they start talking all this engine stuff to me, and I'm just like, Phew. I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. It looks good. Where I look in this baby. That's a big car. So anything more we need to know about the EACL? Yeah, you know what, Chris? I appreciate it. You know, at theeacl.com, man, come on, sign up. You know, we want to get as many people in this beta phase so that you can experience what we're talking about, right? We have to, we're trying to reach out to the casual gamer who feels their skills aren't ready. Right. We're saying, no, no, this is a league where you can actually get in and participate and enjoy yourself. You know, it's not you don't have to wait six months until you feel like you're at level seven or whatever level you feel you're appropriate, because if it if it was so be, then we would find enough people at level one for you to play. at. All right? I might just go in there so that I can beat up. Them. I mean, uh, play really <laughs> more people. <laughs> Man, yeah. Yeah. I mean, my gaming is so bad with uh with my skill level that uh, 
they they kicked me off the gaming team, put me with the Special Olympics. The Special Olympics folks said, "No, man, you're not even up to our part, man." <laughs> not even up to our part. Well, you know, the good part is our tournaments are every thirty days, and it's only eleven rounds. You win eleven rounds, it's uh, you know, you can win a thousand dollars. Wow. Yes. So it's only eleven rounds. It's two brackets of sixteen and a, and a final bracket of eight. Wow. Yeah, so you always you never go past that. You're always in a bracket of sixteen, and then you go your final round is a bracket of eight. Can I bribe the kids? Can I be like, hey man, I'll get you a Snickers bar if you just lose this round for me? Yeah. <laughs> hey, you would. Yeah. These kids love the experience. Like, give me band. Hey, I was talking to some kids the other day, and I was trying to figure. I remember when we were starting, like, it was like saying how much money, and like these kids would rather you fly them to a tournament than give them money. Like they're really big on experiences, right? Yeah. But so we started, you know, starting to figure out, okay, what else can we do to help them have an experience? You know, so uh, we learned that about this next generation is they're going to enjoy their time here on Earth. I can tell you that. Oh they're, yeah. You know, many possible. They do yeah. not see themselves working 60 hours a week for 40 years and, and, and retiring. These kids are going to go ahead and get their experience on. And I love that attitude about it. And sponsorships is great for companies as well. I mean, we give a lot of stuff away in our clan. We give away controllers. We give away keyboards. Like we recently reviewed, I think, a uh, specialized gaming key, uh, keyboard from GameSir, uh, where it's just kind of like a half of a keyboard, but it's designed for gaming gaming mice uh you know and, and there's so many different platforms now what's really amazing about gaming there's steam there's U- ubisoft there's um uh the guys from metro um yeah. and then of course in the gaming um podcast we have so many uh independent games I mean, it's really become uh democratized where a lot of people even small guys like 10 or 15 crews can build a really cool game and sell it well on platforms like Steam. I mean, I'm just blown away at what goes on on Steam. It's just crazy. And it's cool that, like you're saying, with all the equipment and the merchandise that they're, these sponsors are making available, because a lot of kids, like, you know, when I was growing up, it was like BMX and, 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 and motocross, right? Mm-hmm. Or even skateboarding, right? But you can never get that, like, really expensive skateboard, right? You know, they, <laughs> you know, BMX, you couldn't get the mongoose with the mag wheels and all that on there, you know. Yeah. <laughs> It took me four years to save up for that. Right. Then they came out with alloy rims that are lighter. You can yeah. jump on the roof with them. Like you could do a bunny hop and end up on the roof with the alloy rims, right? So, so you know, now with these sponsors in today's communication, like these kids have access to getting some high-powered equipment oh, yeah. to just play on. And that's really cool that they've uh, made it accessible for everybody to be able to make sure that you get the most experience out of the game. And so, like you're saying, I really do dig those sponsors and all that they're doing to, you know, get it introduced and make it where it's available to people. So, And I think I think with the sponsors behind it, I mean, the money's there. I mean, I saw Kingston paying out up to $50,000 for gaming. This is years ago. Um, I, it might pay out more, but the purses they would pay out, which is crazy. And uh, the stuff they can do with podcasting, Twitch, uh, Twitch, you know, they can get paid from their things. There's a lot of people making money on YouTube. Uh, sponsorships, uh, it's, just, it's just crazy. And the money's there. And so when parents look at this thing, there's, there, there is a lot of opportunities. And you're right, the skill level, it's more about the skill level. So, like, you know, clearly I wasn't ever going to make it as a basketball person because I'm, like, I'm not a great basketball player. Uh, although I kind of was when I was a kid. I was a thin. I was pretty good because I was nice, thin, and young, and I was tall. 
But, you know, I was, I, I, I'm just not built as an athlete. That's just it. Um, I'm probably built for video games. Uh, and then football. I tried football a couple times. It got hit and went, no, this is not where it, you know, no. <laughs> this is not where it's at right They're like, okay, so you get up to the line, and then, and then you know, the guy snaps the ball, and everybody hits the crap out of each other. I'm like, no, I don't know. I'm going to run the other way. I'm not going to run that way. I'm I'm running this way. I'm going to, I want to go hang out with the cheerleaders. Um, When you're in college though, like all the fraternity uh, inaugural football games and basketball games, they're super competitive. I mean, those guys, they would all get like one athlete for whatever, you know, if it's basketball season, they get one athlete on the team. They'd all recruit. Right. But it was so important. It was probably the funnest, most uncoordinated bunch of sports you'd ever play but like i said look the flag the softball the basketball i don't care if it was frisbee it was super fun to play it all the time i mean because even us that played organized sports on college campus we still love the inaugural events like you know the, uh, we joined the basketball team if we were football players you know the softball team and so on so i mean it it, it does that's what I mean by that skill level. Like, even though if it's not your sport, if you get a bunch of people who all are around the same skill level, the competitiveness is there and it's fun. Awesome sauce. All right, guys. So be sure to check it out. Go to the EACL.com. Check it out. We certainly appreciate Michael spending some time with us today. I signed up on a Chris Boss one and I'll, I'll suggest this to our uh, big Discord clan and all that sort of good stuff. Uh, Discord is just, I've been really amazed at the community you can build on a Discord. Uh, it's just really cool. And of course, it, it's multifunctional and it's got the voiceover IP and stuff. Um, it's just crazy, just all these dynamic things that people can have in the world of gaming and, and just blows my mind. And of course, it it builds community and community is such just wonderful thing in bringing people together and making the world a much better, nicer place. I think it's better that we play online and we shoot each other and battle each other online. And then after that, we can go, we're still friends. I beat you at Fortnite um, instead of, you know, shooting each other with real guns. Right, exactly. It wouldn't be cool you go to war like that just through video games. Yeah, we don't need wars anymore. We'll just go on Fortnite. Best video game guy gets our best. We got a set. So, you know, your set to go against our set. Whoever wins, wins. Yeah. Mad and come flying over here for real now. Once we beat you, don't, don't come flying over here for real or pushing no buttons. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right. Well, we certainly appreciate our audience for tuning in. Be sure to go to theeacl.com. Be sure to check it out. Sign up. Uh, uh, suggest your kids and bring your friends into it and all that good stuff. They got all the cool games. I'm looking at a whole bunch of games. They even have Mario Brothers, Super Smash Brothers. How about them apples? Um, and you can go be competitive, take your teams in, build your clans, all that sort of good stuff. Have fun and maybe make some good money. And, and worst case scenario, you get some great, you learn a lot, uh, get some good teamwork and grant some good competition. And you'll have fun. I mean, you're playing video games. If you're not having fun, you're doing it wrong. Absolutely. Thanks for coming on, Michael. We certainly appreciate you guys. And we appreciate you guys for tuning in. Be sure you guys like, subscribe to us in YouTube, hit that bell notification button, and be sure to tell your friends, neighbors, relatives, everybody about the show and the podcast. You can go to Chris Boss podcastnetwork.com and you can take and subscribe to the gaming podcast that we have there, the gaming podcast as well. We have a lot of people that come on the show that are developers and uh, 
all sorts of good stuff. We're always inviting developers to come on that show. So if you ever want to see what goes into the back end of your game, you'll really have your mind blown at some of the work that goes into it. And you might find some really cool developers that will, uh, uh, you want to test their games on, check them out. And sometimes we give away free codes on Steam and things of that nature. So be sure to look for that as well. Anyway, guys, we certainly appreciate you guys tuning in. We'll see you next time. Thanks, Chris. Thank you.